What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Fit to Live podcast. I'm your host, Sydney Tollett, and you are listening to episode 32, Reverse Dieting Isn't for Fat Loss. I'm excited about this episode. Reverse dieting is a very, very hot topic for good reason. I love reverse dieting, but I just want to clear up a misconception in this episode that reverse dieting is inherently for fat loss because I see people market all the time, you know, I am looking for 10 new women who want to lose 10 to 15 pounds in the next 12 weeks by eating more food. And I, I get, I get their marketing, their coaching, but I think that it's a very sleazy marketing tactic. And I think that it, um, it just promotes the wrong idea around reverse dieting and the purpose of it and why people do sometimes lose fat on it or lose weight on it, which I will get into in this episode. Basically, I just want to clear it up for you guys so that you know what it actually is for because it's not directly for fat loss. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it, but we're going to get into all of that. So we're going to go through first off a brief overview of just total daily energy expenditure, what that looks like, what that means. We're going to go over what can happen with dieting, like what adaptations we may see. We'll go over what is reverse dieting and what is the actual point of it. And based on the title, if I say that though, then why do people still lose fat on it at times? And should you still do it even if it's not for fat loss? Let's say your main goal is fat loss. It's not for fat loss, but should you still do it? We'll get into that at the end. So that's kind of the outline of today's episode. Before I get into that, just a little reminder, if you do get a lot out of my podcast and these episodes, I would greatly appreciate a rating and review. And if you ever want to screenshot an episode that you like, share it on Instagram and tag me. That is always greatly appreciated as well. And honestly, if you ever have thoughts that you want to send me over DM, please feel free to do that too. So with that being said, though, I also wanted to let you guys know I have a guest. We are doing our interview on Friday and then the episode should be up shortly after, like the next week sometime. I'm very excited about this. Um, It's going to be a really, really good episode um, from an athletic trainer. And we're going to go into all sorts of things with training, muscle compensation, um, exercise setup, so much great stuff. So I'm really, really excited about that. She's like super, super smart and in an area that I don't have as much experience with, like from that athletic training side of things. So I'm, I'm really excited and I hope that you guys will tune in for that. But without further ado, let's get into this episode. So First, like I said, just a brief overview of what even is, you know, our total daily energy expenditure. Because when we look at this question of, okay, reverse dieting or statement of reverse dieting isn't for fat loss. First thing to, to understand is that energy balance side of things. If we're looking to lose body fat, we need to be in a calorie deficit. So what even makes up the calories that you burn in a day? Because that's part of that equation, you know, that's that energy out part of the equation. And when we look at that, the best thing to look at for that would be our total daily energy expenditure, which is composed of four different things. Now I'm just going to go over this 
briefly because I think I have a whole episode on it, I'm pretty sure, but I will go briefly through this. So we have our BMR, which is essentially going to be the amount of energy used to just fuel basic processes of the body and to keep you alive. Um, so this is typically about like 60 to 70% of somebody's total daily energy expenditure, but it does depend though, because like if you look at someone who's super active and so they have more expenditure from you know physical activity, it's gonna be a lower percent of their total, but roughly around there. So BMR is gonna be that first one. And that's also going to be influenced by um, somebody's like body composition, things like that. And then we have physical activity, which is pretty obvious. That's going to be the calories that you burn with structured exercise, essentially. Um, and then our NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And this is going to just basically be the energy expended during non-exercise movement such as fidgeting or even just normal activities of daily living, um, walking to your car, walking to the mailbox, just little things like that that add up throughout the day. And then we have our thermic effect of food, which is basically the calories that your body burns to extract the energy from the foods that you eat. And different foods do have different um, thermic effect of food, like protein is going to be the highest TEF, and then carbs and then fats. Um, so with that being said though, I'm not going super, super in depth of all of that. I just want to give an overview to give context for this episode. So those are the four things that make up how many calories that you burn throughout a day. So let's say we're trying to get into a calorie deficit to lose weight. You would need to intake less than you burned total for the day. And those were the four things that make up total daily energy expenditure. Now, the body is super complex. And so there are a lot of things that can influence those four factors that I mentioned. So this isn't always black and white, but that's not what this episode is about. I'm again just giving background context here. So that's a brief overview of total daily energy expenditure. So what happens when you diet or even if like you didn't know that you were quote unquote dieting, let's say you've been under eating for a lot of your life or you've done yo-yo dieting or you've just like kind of again, chronically under eight, even if you didn't really think of it as a diet, what happens? Well, our bodies are very smart and they want to keep you, quote unquote, I mean, they do, they want to keep you alive. And so one natural mechanism of the body is metabolic adaptation um, in the presence of like low energy availability. And we're going to see changes to our total daily energy expenditure when we are like in a deficit or again chronically under eating things like that now we would expect obviously metabolic rate to drop if you let's say you lost fat and you are literally like a smaller person like you have less mass then we would expect for you to just burn less to live and move around right but the so that's what we would expect but then there's also an adaptation piece and that is when the decrease in metabolic rate is greater than what would be expected from just that drop in body mass alone. So that's why as well, you know, you can't just put, go like change calories one time and that deficit is just going to work for you forever. Again, the, that 
quote-unquote equation is much more complex than just like cut this many and this is exactly what will happen because there's going to be genetic differences as well to adaptation. So anyways, essentially though, we are going to see this adaptation in the different areas of those four components of total daily energy expenditure that I just went over. Um, BMR and non-exercise activity thermogenesis are typically going to be um, two of the biggest changes that we see. And I'm not going to get super, super in-depth because, again, I really am just setting the stage for the, the conversation around the reverse diet, but we are going to see adaptations to these when we diet. Um, like with BMR, this can be from a variety of mechanisms that the body is going to use to decrease that expenditure, such as the downregulation of our active thyroid hormone, which is T3. Um, and then like with the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, this can take a really big hit with um, dieting or again, just under eating in general, if you want to term it as that instead. Um, and this is going to be in some people more than others. It can be up to like 500 calories per day difference just from meat, which is crazy. Um, this is just going to be from a variety of mechanisms. This could be the subconscious things that you don't think about, like talking with your hands or facial expressions, blinking, fidgeting, things like that that you can't really control necessarily. Or, you know, it could also be things like overall movement um, throughout the day and kind of your decisions that you make <laughs> as far as maybe potentially becoming a little bit lazier with things and, and things like that. But then, of course, like, again, there are some differences in just uh, people and some people are going to burn more energy off as heat and things like that. And so that that is um, definitely varies a lot. But those are some things um, that we see as far as adaptations. And there's more, but I'm not going to go into all of them. So that's what happens when we diet. So now... When we talk about reverse dieting, because like I said, very, very popular, um, I guess, term in the industry. And so with reverse dieting, what is reverse dieting? So reverse dieting is essentially, it's just going to be incrementally increasing calories with the goal of increasing expenditure and metabolic rate while minimizing fat gain from those increases. And I think that reverse dieting has, and I'm about to get into what's the point of it, why do we see people lose fat on it, should you still do it even if you don't lose fat on it and your goal is fat loss, but I think what we see is that it's becoming more and more marketed only as fat loss. Um, and I just think people take it out of context because the whole point of reverse dieting is to actually get your expenditure up. It's not to, the goal of the reverse diet is not to lose body fat. Some people do, which I'll get into why that happens, but the goal is to increase your expenditure because of all of those things that I just talked about. So if your metabolic rate has been downregulated, again, whether you were consciously dieting or whether you have just been chronically under eating, Regardless, those adaptations occur and we need to build back up that expenditure from those components that I talked about. So that doesn't mean that you need to go do a ton of a ton more cardio and go exercise seven days a week, but building up expenditure from things like upregulating thyroid hormone, upregulating non-exercise uh, non activity thermogenesis, even the little things that you don't realize are downregulated, like 
um, like I said, even fidgeting and your facial expressions and things like that, that, that will change as you build up, <laughs> build up your food. So reverse dieting, again, it's incrementally increasing calories. The goal is the goal of reverse dieting is to increase your total daily energy expenditure, your metabolic rate, and in that process, also minimize fat gain. And why though do we, why do we care about that? Because if you have a goal of fat loss, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more in that last question of should you still do it, but if you have that goal of fat loss and you are eating let's say that you're maintaining on, I don't know, 1600 calories or so, and we need to create a deficit from there, that's really not a great starting place to do that from. (laughs) In order to create that deficit, you're probably going to end up on a calorie intake that's not um, as easy to adhere to, not as sustainable, not as healthy to be on. Whereas if we could build food up first and get you a better starting place, you're going to respond better to the diet. There's so much that goes into that. Again, I'm going to get into that more. But also, too, one, like, kind of side note with reverse dieting is typically when I reverse diet somebody, if their activity levels are also really high, like they're getting 15, 20K steps, I'm also going to slowly work that down as well because I'm trying to set them up for a better starting point to lose fat. And if they're already doing that many steps at the beginning of a diet, I don't have that much room to add steps. So I do like to kind of bring down that baseline, too. So I kind of do... food and cardio as I'm making these adjustments. But anyway, so that's the whole point of it. And when we talk about reverse dieting, that's a little bit different than just like a strict building phase because while yes, we use the tool of reverse dieting incrementally kind of increasing food to a degree with the building phase, if we're going, like if somebody wants to go into a building phase, we would like where we're actually intentionally having the scale go up a little bit. Um, this would be a little bit different than a reverse diet in the sense that it is a little bit more aggressive and and the goal isn't to minimize fat gain necessarily. In fact, in some building phases, the goal is actually to see things increase. But again, not getting into that in this episode. You guys know I love my context though. Um, Really the one that you choose, it'll depend on your goals, how aggressive that you want to be, things like that. For most of my clients, it is um, just a reverse diet. I have my more advanced clients. um, Sometimes we do go into like legit building phases, but um, I would say most people, it's just going to be a reverse diet. So, and not everybody needs one. Um, And I'll get into that in, in the last section as well. So that's my little beginning tangent on reverse diets, what the point of them is. So Next, I think what I want to go into is why do people still lose fat on them? Because I say, okay, yeah, that's not the goal of them, but why does that happen? Like, how can we be increasing food and someone's losing fat? So essentially with this, we can see a couple things happen here. Um, I would say there's one scenario that I don't think it's talked about that much. (laughs) And that is the fact that let's say that somebody comes to work with me and they've just kind of been a little all over the place. They haven't been that consistent, or maybe they thought they've been consistent, but really when we looked at like their weekends and things like that, they just weren't being consistent on calories. And so let's say I take them and I put them on, I just kind of pick a, not just, it's not going to be a super random (laughs) pick of calories. I'm going to, you know, look at all the variables that I have available put them on just kind of a baseline calorie intake. My The first calorie intake I put someone on, if they haven't really been tracking consistently, 
it is a super educated and well thought out quote-unquote guesstimate what that I adjust from based on how they respond so let's say that somebody comes to me I put them on again my best kind of guesstimate to start where I say okay we're gonna assess how your biofeedback is how your body responds what the scale does your photos do and we're gonna adjust from there so let's say I do that say I put them on 1700 calories to start and we see they got consistent there for a week and you know I saw really good good um, all the all the positive kind of feedback that I was looking for and then I increased them to I don't know 1760 to 1800 calories and I'm still seeing good progress there maybe they're actually starting to lose so maybe I bump it up a little bit more so in that case really probably what happened was that this person just wasn't being consistent before and so it's not the quote-unquote me increasing these calories in this instance that's making them lose it's the fact that they're finally consistent in a deficit and even as I'm adding these calories they're still in a deficit so that's one scenario that I see which is still I still great but I do think that that's a little bit mismarketed sometimes when it's really like oh it's actually just that even after these two increases we're literally still in a deficit because this person is just finally being consistent and they weren't before and this is a deficit for them that's one scenario that i see but another scenario that i do see is let's say that we are making these um incremental increases to food and oh and by the way one more thing with this is the difference between like the reason we do this incrementally is because those adaptations that i mentioned to dieting we also get those from adding food but we need we actually need to give the body like if we do it in incremental increases that gives the body that window to adapt to where we can minimize fat gain whereas if we went straight from this person maintaining on 1400 and i bump them straight up to 2200 they're going to put on more fat rather than if i incrementally increased and let those adaptations catch up as much as we can throughout we're going to minimize that fat gain a lot more than just jumping straight to it where was i at though um i don't remember exactly where i was at but i think we were on the point of like that second scenario of people losing fat on a reverse diet and okay so we get these adaptations right and so let's say that i'm making these slight adjustments to somebody's food i'm adding more food incrementally over time it's going to depend on the person how big those increases are but let's say i'm adding them incrementally over time and we are seeing these adaptations right but what can happen with some people is the adaptations that we see so the increase to their you know energy expenditure from things like their bmr and their neat those adaptations actually quote unquote beat the calorie increases so this is just for sake of example but let's say I added 60 calories to somebody's you know day um, so they're eating 60 more calories each day but let's say that their expenditure because of that again this is just for sake of example went up by 100 calories our bodies are more complex it's not gonna be exactly that every single day but again example so let's say it went up 100 calories because of that increase well now they're in an they're in a net deficit because of that because their adaptation to their expenditure ended up beating the food increase that I made because we're going to get adaptations as your body's going to respond to your intake so within that what I will say though is that's not going to happen to everyone 
But those are the two scenarios when I see that happen. But there will be some people who it is going to be more of a, okay, weight's maintaining as we do this. And there are going to be times too when the, it actually goes up. Um, typically within a reverse diet, we're having more of like a max allowable weight gain per week, which um, Holly Baxter and Lane Norton talk a lot about this um, in their reverse diet content. The... Um, max allowable weight gain per week and they have like equations and things like that that they use but essentially in a reverse diet we have that but that doesn't mean that we're like setting a requirement to gain fat but like okay let's say if we have someone and I have this okay like um, we're not going to be gaining more than this per week well if they if we start to creep above that then I'm going to pause or slow down the increases to their food until we're back on or so that we stay on track with our max allowable weight gain per week but there are times when that happens there's times when people kind of just maintain there's times when people lose and there's times when people kind of at first in a reverse diet we actually see them lose and then they kind of start to maintain and then maybe at the end we put on you know one to two pounds or whatever like i've seen totally it's all across the board the response that people get and the the biggest thing though is the the goal of it because we're about to get into that like should you still do it like why would I want to build up my food if my goal is fat loss and I'm one of the people who's not losing fat we'll get into why you still want to do it but um, just know that some people aren't going to lose and you know the same person who lost on their first reverse diet probably won't on their next one. Um, that's one thing I see sometimes is like, let's say I, the first time I get somebody we reverse, we see actually some, some fat loss during that reverse. Then we do a deficit. We reverse again. That second time, probably not going to see fat loss during it, but we should be able to at least get close, close to maintenance and maybe putting on, you know, a little bit more, um, really depends again on the scenario and the person. But I would say that's a scenario that I see, um, and then also just like the more advanced that you get, you're probably not going to be like losing on reverse diets necessarily. It's going to be more of like a, let me build up this maintenance after this cutting phase kind of thing with like my more advanced clients. But a lot of times, like if somebody comes to me and it's their very first time ever doing it, I will see fat loss at first, but not a hundred percent of the time, but a lot of times, but then again, their, their second time, maybe not, which is fine because it's not the whole point of it. It's cool when it happens. It's fun, but like, don't be discouraged. I think that's the biggest thing I want you to take away from this. Um, we're about to get into the last point, but don't be discouraged if you do a reverse diet and you don't lose weight or lose fat. It's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with you. I think the thing is make sure that you have, you do kind of want to watch though because you do want to have like a max allowable weight gain like I was talking about to where you know when to maybe slow down or pause on adjustments because everyone's body is going to respond so differently um and then as far as kind of the last thing that I want to talk about which I think will give some practical um takeaways as well and I've alluded to this a couple times but essentially okay you want to lose body fat and I basically just told you a reverse diet is not to lose body fat. And I just told you that sometimes people either actually maintain or even go up a little bit on a reverse diet. So why, if you want to lose fat, you listening to this, why should you still do it? And that's what I want to get into right here. I'm also actually going to add on to this episode one more point after this point as far as like 
well, should everyone do it? Are there cases though when somebody comes to me and I actually don't use it? So I'll get into that after this, but should you still do it? And many times, you guys, the answer is yes, because you have to stretch out your timeline. So many people are so focused on finding the one solution to their fat loss goal. And so they try to shove it into what can I do this one time in this 12 week period to get to my goal rather than what can I do? How can I periodize my plan to where I'm continually, you know, I'm seeing progress over time. That progress might not be linear. You know, we may have a deficit phase and a reverse phase and a deficit phase, but I'm going to sustainably be losing fat. And over time, phase by phase, I'm going to be getting closer to my end goal. And I think it's so important to be able to have that long-term vision for your progress. Because if you don't, you're either going to do a crash diet that you can't stick to and rebound after it, or it's just going to be something where you're very disappointed and your expectations were not up to what actually happens. And then you're going to get discouraged. And when I can finally get that to click with my clients, that long-term view, it's the it's oh, it's such a mindset shift that literally changes their life because you have to view these phases between deficit phases as just as essential part of your progress. Like you can't look at a reverse diet as something that is going is like a bad thing or you're like not progressing because without that you don't get that next phase of progress. And I tell my clients that all the time if they do start to get a little bit impatient, it's like hey. I know it doesn't feel as much like quote unquote progress right now because the scale's not like maybe they're past the point where they're not they're not losing in a reverse. And so it can kind of get discouraging because, you know, on Instagram and stuff, we see quote unquote progress marked as always body fat going down, scale going down. But when we stretch out that timeline again and we're periodizing, we have to like, let's say you were to draw out, we're going we're trying to get from point A to point B, right? But there's all these little sub points between those two. Well, if we don't do the first sub point, how can we ever get to the second? And so on and so on. And so that first one, which might be a reverse diet, needs to be celebrated just as much. And it's still progress because if you're doing that, you're setting yourself up for a more successful fat loss phase. And that's kind of how I look at it is a reverse diet as an investment into your fat loss because it's gonna set you up from a better starting point rather than if you, again, are eating 1,400 calories and that's where you're literally maintaining and maybe you're doing 15,000 steps a day. Okay, if we try to diet from there, number one, we're gonna risk more muscle loss. We're gonna risk more like um, just binge type thoughts of calories getting lower um, and it's gonna be harder to stick to, harder to adhere to, less sustainable, all of these different things. Whereas if we, invested in our journey, spend some time actually building up your maintenance calories, reducing the amount of cardio that you need to maintain as well, then we have a, a much better starting place. That doesn't mean that you won't at the end of a diet have to get a little bit lower in calories. You probably will, but you won't have to start there. And so you will actually be able to last for your diet and actually get results that you can sustain and that you don't have a big rebound from. So that is why we would still do it because of all that metabolic adaptation in response to whether you had dieted in the past or again, unintentionally have just kind of chronically under ate. We need to get that 
higher and yeah that's that's why you should still do it but should everyone do it because the answer to that is no and that's why i wanted to add that on um, to this episode so there are absolutely people who don't need if your main goal is fat loss you might not need a reverse diet right now you really might not some people don't some people that come to me let's say somebody comes to me and they live a very sedentary lifestyle and they just are overeating well that they don't need a reverse diet <laughs> they just we need to get them consistent on on training on more movement in their day and on a calorie amount that's going to put them into a deficit and that's what they need but if somebody comes to me as well, one thing that I like to do, even if I know that they might not really, let's say I know that they probably haven't actually been under eating or anything, they're just super inconsistent and their weekends are super high calorie, things like that. I will probably still put them on at least a small reverse to, to then build them up to a really solid maintenance because I want to teach them before we start dieting. I need to teach them maintenance habits because the last thing I want is for somebody to get thrown right into the diet, a diet when they don't even have maintenance habits. So then it's like, okay, after the diet, what are they gonna do? Cause they don't know how to sustain that. And I want sustainable fat loss that's gonna stick, not eight to 12 week fat loss that they're gonna go right back to their old habits after. So sometimes, even if I know, okay, I probably could put this person into a diet right now, sometimes I'll wait a little bit, make sure we create a good foundation and a good foundation of learning how to balance meals out and a social life and how to be mindful even if we do have a free meal and just these different aspects that are going to help them be more adherent to their deficit and be able to come out of that deficit and actually know how to have maintenance habits rather than just having like diet habits and what got me to the point where I wanted to diet habits. Um, so that's another kind of scenario when I might use it even if I could put somebody straight into a deficit. Um, and sometimes too, it is just nice to teach people what consistency really looks like, like creating an actual like healthy homeostasis environment for the body where it's not all over the place, where it's like your body is getting all of these inputs of like, oh, she starves me during the week and then we go crazy on the weekend. Like, I also like to find um, more consistency for people too before I just throw them right into, again, a deficit. So, um, but then of course there are some people who legit need it, but a couple other scenarios where I probably wouldn't go straight away into a deficit would be like if somebody, um, if I'm working on, for example, someone's gut first, I'll probably address that then add food so that I can be sure that we're not um, throwing more food and like making their issues worse or like for example if I am going to build somebody's food up but I need to address their gut first I want to do that before I start adding food so that as I add food I can actually be sure we're like absorbing it and actually like getting the nutrients from it so that might be a scenario sometimes in like more healing scenarios with certain certain hormones it depends on the one um, that it is, but there's certain hormonal kind of things that I'll see that I won't immediately push food really high. Um, and so there are definitely scenarios when it's like a no, I'm not going to use a reverse, but there's a lot of scenarios when I will as well. Um, and then as far as like, cause I get, you know, specific questions on reverse sites all the time. Well, how high should I go and how should the increases be? It depends. 
so much on the person. Like, I can't even give, honestly, a, you know, exact answer. Um, and I think that's kind of where my one-on-one coaching would come in. I really just wanted to, in this episode, more so go through the fact that reverse dieting isn't for fat loss, although it does happen. So that's kind of my overview. I went over that and then I went over, you know, who maybe shouldn't necessarily do it. Um, but yeah, so I hope that that was helpful. If a reverse diet is something that you've heard of and you are kind of seeking guidance on, I do offer one-on-one coaching. I will link my coaching application in the show notes. If that's something that you're interested in, my clients get a weekly check-in. You're going to get your protocols, your training, your cardio, your macros, your adjustments. I also do biofeedback assessments. I'm really big on making sure we keep digestion, energy, training performance, training recovery, all of those things in a good place. Um, so yeah, it's it's the full package. And if that's something that you're interested in is just getting guidance, support, accountability on your journey, um, I would love to help you. I'm really big on you know, utilizing not only science-based approaches, but also at the same time, you are still your own human. So it's like blending that with like, okay, what are we noticing with you? And um, making sure it's also very, very individual to you. And I'm really, really big on keeping you healthy, feeling your best in the process. So I will link my application again in the show notes. If you guys have questions for me, the only questions that I would, I guess, ask that you not ask me is like, hey, Sydney, how many calories should I add a week? Hey, Sydney, what should my calories, like what should I try to get them to? What exact macros should I add them from? Um, I'm not going to be able to answer that well. It's very individual and that is where my one-on-one coaching would come in. But if you have any other general questions about reverse diets, um, total daily energy expenditure, any of the stuff that I went over, metabolic adaptation, please feel free to shoot me an Instagram DM. I would be happy to, to kind of give you an answer. But... That's what I have for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it and I will see you guys in the next episode with my guest that I'm super excited for.